Pod Soup episode six. Ready to go, Michelle? Definitely ready. Let's do this. Hi, and welcome to Pod Soup with Michelle and Tracy, fueling our podcast obsession by producing a podcast about podcasts. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Michelle. What's featuring on your playlist this week? I've been listening to Bryony Gordon's Mad World, which has some really interesting interviews with people speaking about mental health issues, including an interview with Prince Harry, and also a podcast called Written Inside, which comes out of Chicago and features a series of really moving stories and essays written by prisoners from maximum security prison about their life in their prison cells. Wow, something different. Mm. Uh, And I've got my all-time favourite. This is one I listen to all the time. I wait for it to pop up on my feed. It's called This American Life. It's a very popular one that's been around for 20 years. And the other one is The Messenger, an Aussie one about uh, refugees, asylum seekers in a detention, Australian detention centre. You go first. Right. First up, Bryony Gordon's Mad World. This is a new 10-episode podcast brought to us by the UK's Telegraph newspaper. Each week, Bryony talks to a different guest about how their mental health has been affected by events in their own lives. And their discussion is framed in a context that explores why feeling weird is the most normal thing in the world. This podcast, I don't know if you've heard of it, it was in the news when it first launched because its very first guest was none other than Prince Harry. He shares the emotional struggles he had after Diana's death and talks about how he sought counselling after enduring two years of total chaos. You might remember him. Mm, He went a bit crazy, didn't he? Partying. But he came to the realisation that he was really struggling in his late 20s to come to terms with the death of his mother when he was quite a young boy. I'm not surprised. I mean, he's in the public eye all the time. Anyway, here's a little clip of him talking about that. It's not normal to think that you, nothing that nothing's affected you um, is that your kind of way of dealing with it because my way my, my my way of dealing with it was yeah sticking my head in the sand refusing to ever think about my mum because why why would that help it's yeah. only going to make you sad it's not going to bring her back so from an emotional side i was like right don't ever let your emotions be part of anything so i was a typical sort of 20 25 you know 28 year old running around going you know life is you know life life is great or life is you know life is fine yeah and that was exactly it and then started to have a few conversations and actually all of a sudden all of this grief that I'd never processed started to come to the forefront. I was like, there's actually a lot of stuff here I need to deal with. Um, and that combined with being stuck in certain situations, that fight or flight, mm-hmm. being in situations where you're at an engagement and not being able to, to do the flight bit, your body ends up kicking into the, in, into the fight. And yeah, I've, I've, I've had some, it was only two years, so I can count myself very, very lucky, but it was... 20 years of, of, of not thinking about it and then two years of total chaos. And I just, I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought this was part of, you know, growing up or, or whatever. And then people were just like, no, it makes complete sense. And then once you start talking about it to your mates, two months later, those mates were coming back to me, starting a conversation about, oh, we did this and that. Mm. But in that conversation, they would start to slowly unravel their own issues because they knew 
that they could... That wow, an impressive first and guest, and Prince Harry. I know, hard act to follow, right? Very much so. <laughs> Look, and as a staunch Republican myself, it astounds me <laughs> how much I like to follow the really? royal family. <laughs> really? Okay. I've never been into the royals, but I do like these new young royals. They're doing good things. Oh, and Princess Di. I remember... We all remember where we were when Princess Di died. And I remember the day of her funeral, I was curled up on a couch. Oh, really? With my very best friend. Oh. At that what? time. In tears. Under a blanket with a bottle of gin and a box of tissues on the table. (laughs) My goodness, you took it hard, didn't you? Uh, We should organise a council for you, I think. (laughs) Elton John, Candle in the Wind. All right, back to the podcast. Subsequent episodes (laughs) have dealt with depression, grief and loss, obsessive compulsive disorder. So far, only four at this time have been recorded and there are another six planned. Each episode ranges in length from 30 minutes to under an hour. I think it's well made, it's entertaining, thoughtful, insightful, really timely. And Sounds like I'd, it's worthwhile. I think it is. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Very good. All right. I can't wait to listen to that one. Uh, okay. Now, for me, I am doing This American Life. It's one that pops up on my feed and I get very excited to listen to because no matter what it says as the title, and often it'll say something quite boring like the American economy downfall or something like that, and I think, oh, I'm not going to want to listen to this. But every time I'm completely drawn in and can't wait for the next one. So it's the most popular weekly podcast in America with two and a half million people downloading each episode. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. It's really hard to explain in a sentence or two what it's about because it is quite different to other podcasts I've listened to. But here goes. So each week they choose a theme and put together different kinds of true stories on that theme. The stories kind of whisk you away to an interesting part of the world, somewhere to explore human nature or just really interesting stories of what's happened to some people. The best way to describe is the stories are more like movies for radio. There are people in dramatic situations, things happen to them, there are funny moments, emotional moments, moments where the people in the story say interesting, surprising things. It is always surprising, always fun and leaves you with scenes that you'll think about for months and maybe years afterwards. The stories are told so beautifully and the editing is really well done and the interviewer is barely present and it leaves the subject to spill the story in their own words which you know leaves you with a very unique deeply personal sort of story it's hosted by Ira Glass who is quite well known in the radio world he's charming and humble and somehow he's just sort of familiar like you're listening to a friend it's won lots of major broadcasting awards it's been running for 20 years uh it's entirely worth your time you should check it out if you haven't already um it's always in the top 20 in the iTunes chart and it's hard to choose a favorite but let's listen to this episode but one of our producers, Anna Baker, she was into pirates. She liked how scary they were. And she told me this amazing story that has been her favorite since she first heard it. It's a true story about a man named Steed Bonnet. Who is known as the Gentleman Pirate. Uh, and basically, it takes place in the early 1700s. Uh, he was from Barbados. So he grew up on a plantation, a sugar plantation, to one of the wealthiest families in Barbados. Mm-hmm. He had 94 slaves. He was married, had three kids, and he traveled in high society, which is unusual for a pirate. Yeah, the vast majority of people who turned to piracy did so out of desperation, and this man didn't. So who's this? So I've told this story so many times to so many people that I just wanted to make sure I was getting the facts right. So I decided to talk to a pirate historian. That's Mark Hanna. He's also a professor at UC San Diego. 
you know, the vast majority of pirates start their lives by mutinying, or they uh, gather a crew together and they steal a ship from someone. He actually had a ship built. Thought, I will go down to the local shipyard, I'll have my ship built according to specifications that I think are best. And then he hired a crew, and he paid them wages, like regular, normal people wages, which was like a big no-no. Now, the vast majority of pirates, if you don't capture a ship, you don't make any money. You want your crew to be invested in the outcome of attacking a ship. So if you know, hey, I'm doing okay, I know I'll be paid this week, uh, you're going to be a little less uh, aggressive about capturing a ship. Uh, And so I think Bonnet, right off the bat, didn't understand the economic model that is the basis of most pirate attacks. And why did he want to be a pirate? Like, what kind of midlife crisis is just like, I'm a wealthy landowner with a wife and three kids, and I'm going to just go marauding on the seven seas? Well, uh, it's explained in a book from 1724 this way. Uh, Captain Charles Johnson wrote, quote, This humor of going a-pirating proceeded from a disorder in his mind, which it is said to have been occasioned by some discomforts he found in a married state. Wait, what, like, what, what is he saying? He says, and other books say the same thing, that uh, what led him to piracy was that he had a nagging wife. No way. Mm-hmm. They're blaming the wife? They blame the nagging wife. So Bonnet has hmm. Sorry, the nagging wife. Tracy, what do you think about that? Oh, yes, blame the nagging wife. Oh, I better be careful. Farmer Pete might run away and become pirate. <laughs> 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 I know. Uh, Pretty funny, though. But, um, yeah, definitely worth subscribing. I really like this. Oh, uh, this American yeah. life. Definitely. Yeah, mm. I agree. Right. Well, my next one is another kind of storytelling type of podcast. It's called Written Inside, mm. only recently uploaded. All episodes have been uploaded now. Yeah, this one is one of my favourites now. It's a good one. I've listened to all of it. Oh, great. <laughs> great. So, cockroaches, clean freaks, cardboard pianos, Written Inside is a podcast about life inside a maximum security prison cell, adapted from essays written by some long-term prisoners at Stateville Correctional Centre near Chicago. These intimate stories speak to the everyday experience of being incarcerated. Journalist and author Alex Kolowitz visited a maximum security prison class with 15 men who were serving long sentences for violent crimes. In the class, he asked the prisoners to complete a piece of writing that described their cell. So they all did that. These cells had been their homes virtually for over two decades or longer for Mm. some of them. But he was really impressed with the writing that they did. So he came back to the class on a number of occasions and helped them to shape their writing into essays. In this podcast, he's taken those essays and he has different actors from Chicago reading the essays. Each episode starts with a statement. The U.S. incarcerates over 2 million people, more than anywhere else in the world. What does it mean to be locked up, confined to a small space for 10 or 20 or 30 years? Mm. How does one get by? Mm. So we've got a a series of prisoners. There's inmate Oscar Smiley Parham, who recounts his war against the cockroaches in (laughs) his cell. Um, Demetrius Cunningham in a beautiful piece, describes how he taught himself to play piano using a makeshift keyboard. Mm, I love that one. That's my favourite episode. Mm. Okay, let's have a listen to that one. On my bottom bunk bed, I sat in deep thought. I had an unusual problem. The prison choir that I sang in needed a piano player, and they needed one quickly. I thought to myself, how could I teach myself to play? 
I had no prior experience with the piano, but as a boy, I was infatuated with the instrument. I can still remember running down the hallways of my grandmother's house. Every time I ran past her old upright piano, I would slam all the keys down at the same time. Sometimes in the mornings before school, I listened to cassette tapes of my favorite R&B and gospel songs by Mary J. Blige and John P. Key. I imagined myself playing the piano. In the sixth grade, I learned to play the xylophone. Music has been my constant companion. It's like my DNA has tiny quarter notes infused into it. One day while I was watching TV in my cell, I flipped past the show on BET with the gospel singer Andre Crouch, who described his first piano. He said it was made out of cardboard. I had an idea that was literally out of the box. It's powerful storytelling. It allows you to stand in someone else's shoes for a moment and it makes these people, even though they've been convicted of violent crimes, it takes that label away from them and you can see them. Mm. As it's such a clever concept, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of, you can imagine them writing these essays inside in mm. prison and then sort of coming back and refining it after a while. But to get the actors reading them... It just, it just brings them alive too, it does. doesn't it? yeah. Look, these stories, they have this kind of grace and dignity and humanity. It, it really allows us to stand in someone else's shoes. It and does. To, and experience this totally foreign, almost unimaginable life they must live. I really like the essay also from William Jones. He writes about everything that's not in his cell. And then towards the last lines, he describes how the young person that came into his cell 35 years ago is yeah. also no longer in his it's cell. It's no longer yeah, it's just the same beautiful. person anymore. Eight episodes, 10 to 20 minutes long. Just listen to the first one and you'll definitely be hooked. Definitely be hooked, yes. Mm. I love this one. Well done. All right, last one up. You, Michelle? Well, I didn't really think it's probably a good segue into mine because mine's about being locked up as well. (laughs) So this is an Aussie one called The Messenger. And for those not in Australia, I mean, I'm thinking we might have international listeners here. Of course we do. (laughs) But we, um, we don't get to hear anything, maybe a little bit, but not very much about the regional processing centres for the asylum seekers that come to Australia. So um, this one is about Manus Island, a regional processing centre in Papua New Guinea and Nauru, and it is notoriously difficult for media to access these places. So we don't hear much about those that are detained on Manus Island and Nauru. But thanks to this new podcast, The Messenger, we get a sneak peek into the life of our controversial offshore processing centres. It's a joint production between Behind the Wire and the Wheeler Centre, and it's based on thousands of WhatsApp messages shared between Aziz, who is being held there as an asylum seeker, and journalist Michael Green. Aziz has a secret phone, because they're not allowed to have their phones and allowed Mm. to have any sort of contact with the outside world inside Manus Island's processing centre and he can use that to receive short WhatsApp messages with Michael who's the journalist. So this podcast chronicles the life of Aziz and his fellow detainees on Manus Island. He talks about the years he and his fellow asylum seekers have been on the island without their families and what it's like day to tedious day. Uh, At 26, Aziz has been in detention for the past three years and it's beginning to feel as though he'll never get out. Every day, he tries to find ways to fill the endless time. 
He sits, sits around with his friends, drinks coffee, tries not to lose hope that one day he'll have a life outside the confines of this detention centre. So Aziz came to Australia from Sudan in an attempt to escape a life in which he didn't know if he'd survive the day. Um, he didn't know much about Australia except that it wasn't Sudan and was sure to be safer. So he says, all I knew was that I had to find a safer place. So let's listen to a little bit about what life was like and what he was running away from. What I can, re- I can remember at the moment is uh, it was very, very long journey that uh, I took when I fled the, uh, the country. Aziz and I had been talking for nearly three weeks before he finally started to tell me a bit about his life in Sudan. Sudan in general, we have been through a very, very horrible conflict, which is a tribalism conflict. And uh, it took place in a special area called uh, West Sudan. So West Sudan is uh, the, that, that region called Darfur. I thought he'd begin by telling me about his childhood, or maybe he'd tell me about the conflict in Darfur more generally. So it caught me off guard when he launched straight into some really traumatic memories. And I still I can remember a few of those things. Uh, the smell was really horrible, the smell and disgusting. It's just the smell of dead body everywhere, and uh, you can smell the smell of the, uh, what I can say, the uh, gun, the, the gun. And uh, the view, the view you can see just the uh, the smoke is coming out of everywhere because you know most of the villages have been burned down and people have been dead, you know, shut down and dead. The only other things that you can hear across or around you is like people screaming and shouting and crying and they just need help. We were always running to protect ourselves. We are running to find a shelter for ourselves and we couldn't able even to help ourselves so that's why we can't even help somebody else. My God, it's so hard to imagine any of us living in those conditions. That's harrowing stuff. Yeah, so you can see why he's you know, seeking asylum and, and wanting to be somewhere else. So he has no option. He cannot go back. So he's stuck on Manus Island and he's not sure what, what's going to happen. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting. This one's, um, I think there's been maybe seven episodes. They last for about 30 to 40 minutes. And, you know, it's one of those ones you can sort of take it or leave it and just sort of come back, sort of a dip in and out of one. Mm, I must say I found it a little bit hard at the beginning because it was just choppy, choppy because of the messages back and forth. But you think it's worth persevering with? Well, it is. I mean, some episodes are better than others, but Mm. I sort of, you know, it's definitely one that's interesting, especially as an Australian who never hears anything about these refugee centres. Well, not from the people who are inside. inside. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, And it talks about the Australian political system and how that's affecting them directly and how they can't sleep at night before the election to see who's going Mm. to come in and what's going to happen to them. And So it's worth listening to as an Australian, I think. We do like the storytelling podcast, don't we? Yeah, I really enjoy them. But I'm looking forward to having a bit of a laugh with an upcoming podcast that is returning to the podcast waves. Which one is this? My dad wrote a porno. Oh! 
Can we review that next time? (gasps) I'm blushing as we even say it. But yes, we should definitely. It's coming back on May 29th. You must listen to it. I'm excited by that. We'll review that next time. Now, some other ones that are coming up are Homecoming. Homecoming's about to start June, July, they said. Second series. Second series. Yep. Yep. And the other one was. Invisibilia is starting up again. Mm. Oh, I love Invisibilia. That's another favourite. Yep. So that's exciting. The other one is the um, one that we reviewed for the kids, Shabam. Oh, yeah. They've got a couple of new episodes out too. Oh, good. Talking about the zombie apocalypse. All right. That's it, Michelle. That's it. Another podcast down. I like those. I can't wait to see them. If you've enjoyed PodSoup, please tell a friend. If they don't know how to listen to podcasts, show them. They'll love you for it. And help more people find PodSoup by rating us on iTunes. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram. Web addresses are in our show notes. My dad wrote a porno. Who's the author of this name? Rocky Flintstone and his book about Belinda Blinks. <laughs> Belinda Blinks, yeah. In the pots and pans oh industry. How are we going to review this one? It's rather pornographic. <laughs> it's porn. Who would have thought Pot Soup would have porn? <laughs> <laughs>